Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi everybody, Russ and my Hammers 11. Hope you're all safe and well. If you're new to the channel, please consider subscribing, hitting the bell icon, um, so you made a way of any time putting your content on. We've got loads of loads of fun stuff coming up, lots of good guests. Um, we've got a few game shows. All, the, all through September, we're going to be doing a weekly game show for the Iron Supporting Food Banks, because we did the pointless one last week and everyone loved that. Um, and so we were doing the, each week uh, to try and go from 10 grand. I'm getting greedy now. I want us to raise £20,000 by the end of September, so... We'll we'll do that. I'm I'm well I'm well confident we're going to do that. Um, today's guest, lifelong hammer, um, actor. So he's he's not much on at the moment, to be honest. Bless no. him. <laughs> it's Andy Phipps. Hi, Andy. How you doing, man? Yeah, I'm really good, mate. Really well, thank you very much. How are you? Yeah, I'm all right. Thank you very much. It's first day first day back in the office today. Um, yeah, which is a bit weird. Uh, yeah, it was. I likened the commute because I, I mean, I work in Farringdon, um, mm. so you obviously you, you're a Hornchurch boy, so you know, obviously, I'll be going Giddy Park, and um, and I likened it to when I go to West Ham, I have to go to West Ham on a Saturday, usually, obviously, pre COVID, about 9 30, I'd, I'd get on the train, and it was about as busy then as it was at eight o'clock today. That's how. <laughs> really quiet i was walking around thinking oh, well am i the only fucker who's ended up coming into the office it's yeah. eerie isn't it yeah it's really it's crazy weird. and even at liverpool street it was just like like a it was like a now sometimes i had to take my nat take the mother-in-law down to liverpool street to get a passport and done it like really silly o'clock in the morning and yeah. it's that quite it's really weird even on the uh yeah. and um but still you know made the effort wore, wore a mask and yeah. it is what it is and i'm absolutely shattered because i haven't had to get up so early <gasps> Because it's like, you know, when you're working from home, like, you know, a nine to five job for me, I like roll out of bed like. Your body clock resets, doesn't it? You just it's suddenly start. Mental. Yeah. It's mentally how, you know, and I was like psyching myself up at about half, about half nine last night, knowing I had to get up <laughs> early, but it was yeah. like half seven. I'm like, I feel such a, such a loath. And then when I got <sighs> in about half six, I was like, I'm exhausted. I am actually yeah. exhausted. You don't realise how much. Of your day, you lose commuting when you've got like an office job, and so uh, yeah. Anyway, we digress as always. Um, <laughs> how how have you been, Andy, during during lockdown? How's things been going? Yeah, I've been really good. I've been I've been fine, really. I, I think, and I'm sure you've probably heard a few people say this. I thought I caught the dreaded lurgy sort of back in April. It was you know very heavy cold, but other than that, generally all right for me, which was brilliant. So. Um, it's meant that when sort of work reopened, I could slowly get back into it and do all the stuff because when it came to it, I was I was happy. I was like, yeah, I'll come back in, guys. Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, the assumption is, you know, obviously until that bloke from Korea got it twice, that uh, yeah, you had it once and, you know, I'm all right now. But, you know, see yeah. what happens now. But, um, yeah, it's it's. I know what you mean. It's uh, I, I, I think I had it over Christmas. So I think my whole family had it over Christmas because literally we won every day. One of us was knocked down over that Christmas period. Yeah. And um, boom, boom, boom. It happens, yeah. doesn't it? People always so, do the same thing. So I think I might have had it already. And like, there's not many people I know who've had it. Do you know what I mean? It's like mm. you would assume that the way everyone was talking about it, millions of people have had it around the, around the, everyone I know, but it's not I point about two people who reckon they've genuinely had it. Um, yeah. I remember watching um hammers chat and there was Gonzo and he said something along the lines of, I reckon lots of people have had it, but the majority 80% have no idea. 
Yeah. It's just the way it is, isn't it? Totally. I know I mean, there's one guy I know at work who had it because he still complains about, you know, he still can't get, he's, he's, he's recovered, but his taste is still gone. Yeah. And, uh, and, and he loves his wine. And so he's got oh. it. But yeah, so, uh, yeah, it is what it is. But, but I mean, you know, it's, I mean, it's nothing to do about it, is it? It's the same. I mean, you know, but the profession, the acting profession, particularly, you know, the theatres, they're not back yet. Although there's a few tentative ones, a lot of the op- a couple of the open air ones, I know, are open, and yeah. um, but not sort of anything like that. And obviously, you know, even like production, like TV productions, we've got a few people coming on soon who were due to come in this week, but they've been called in. So obviously, they're trying to get things recorded for TV. It seems. Um, well, that- good because it's like <laughs> yeah exactly for them they have to be in the room and um i did a project just before all of this happened and they said the the problem with it is is that we can't get to things to then download it the physical hard copies on hard drives and this and that on sd cards and whatever and we can't all sit in the same room and do it i mean as an actor you can kind of pre-prepare something and then maybe sort of tentatively plan, but it, it's all in there, you know. But mm-hmm. when it comes to kind of television production, it must be a nightmare. Yeah, it must be. And as you said, I mean, you know, particularly with everything to make it COVID friendly and stuff, it must be logistical nightmare. You know, just think, oh fuck it, just put a re- just put like you know another, just put an EastEnders on again. You know, and that's that's basically what it seems to. I mean, some of them, you know, again, we're off topic a lot. I don't know, but I don't care. <laughs> um, you know, but like stuff like. Um, the, the Peter Crouch show they did over the summer that Saturday that was really clever how they managed to use a, you know sort of social distancing and you know they played to the strengths or, or so strengths but you know they played to that sort of dynamic and actually worked quite well um but yeah it's just like I'm just I'm I'm cackling now for some live some new tv do you know what I mean it's like yeah. some replays and repeats and stuff like that and I hate it yeah. and they've got no football as well now it's even worse yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I, I was like, we starved it for 100 days, and then they gave us this feast of like, you know, 90 games in like, was it four weeks or something like that? And now it's just nothing. It, it was, was a so bit like having a World Cup or something, wasn't it? Because yeah. you would sort of you'd, you'd watch the West Ham games, and then suddenly you'd find yourself enthralled by Burnley versus Bournemouth or something like that. Yeah. You know, you, you'd never complain about it ever again because you were just so excited to have something on the telly and to watch it. You really were. It's crazy, absolutely crazy. And but I mean, you, I mean, you've got the uh, is it the? I think we've got the the FA Cup preliminary qualifiers are on tomorrow, and yeah. and, they're, and they're doing test games as well. So they're doing like three. I think it's like hundred fifty or three hundred. I read today that the West Ham ladies, the first game yeah. home on the twelfth is going to be a test game as well. Brilliant. So hopefully, it won't be too. And I think actually on the when we play that first week. In the prep when we play Newcastle that week as well in Scotland, I think they're all. I think every or is like half a dozen Premier League games are doing test games as well. So that's good. Um, I just don't know what the atmosphere is going to be. Do you know what I mean? It's like it's it's one thing to get want to get back into football. I mean, I watched that Bristol the the, the Brighton Chelsea game, uh, or just saw the the fans. And you're thinking, is it worth it? You know, is it is it yeah. worth? Doing that, I know. I know it's it's good having some fans is better than no fans, but for the fans themselves. I just, I guess you just got to see, haven't you? And if nothing else, you can go along and say, well, there was no atmosphere. It was really weird. We're washing our hands every five seconds. I couldn't go and speak to Bob over there, but we were there and hopefully it will never happen again. So it was a one-off experience that we had, you know, which is, you know, which is what it's all about, I guess. You know, you just kind of got to take the positives out of a very weird situation. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's been very weird. But um, yeah, I mean, so much so that I was gagging to go and watch us play Brentford on, on Saturday. You know? yeah. And I was there sit, literally sitting there going, oh, why am I here? Because um, it, it was such a boring game. But it was like, that, that's all three weeks. I don't know how I survived 100 days <laughs> about football because I've lasted three weeks, three or four weeks. And I was being clucking to get back. Yeah, to the, me too. To the wife, but yeah. <laughs> I was on the way back from work and um it you know scrolling through Twitter and just suddenly it was like oh yeah the under 23s are playing at, at Dagenham and Redbridge and yeah. I just thought oh oh I could catch that and then I thought no I can't no because no one's going to be there we're not oh yeah so it quickly yeah. deflated my enthusiasm like, oh okay I'll look at it on the phone yeah it's a trouble isn't it they played Orient as well didn't they as well yeah they played a couple of good games you could have got to but uh 
Yeah, well, we'll see what happens. But, you know, yeah, take some solace in the fact that at least we're playing in the same league we ended in. You know, I yes. mean, like, uh, it could be a lot. It could be Bournemouth or it could be Watford. You know, yeah. you, even more Watford than Bournemouth because they're fat. I mean, you know, it was literally the last day, you know, which obviously. It's a we bitter was, pill, isn't it? It really sure. is. Particularly there's it no is. fans there to, to sort of commiserate, no. you know, to commiserate the team. Um, yeah. And to make things worse, they just signed Glenn Murray on a, on a season-long loan today. So at least we might, beat, we might beat Brighton. Exactly. We might beat yeah. Brighton this year. I, I saw tweeted, that. I was like, yes. I tweeted about that and thought, well, here we go. That should be a three points or a six-pointer now. I mean, Brighton are a bogey team. But, yeah, he loves scoring against us. Oh, so. Glenn Murray, yeah. But, I mean, also, I watched it. It's, 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 I mean, it's getting better. Obviously, you've got, you've got the, we've done a right over pre-season. And... Obviously, we got we through to the Betway Cup final again. You know, again, oh. no one picks up on that every no. year. Every year, the people moan about we haven't won the FA Cup for forty years. <laughs> every year in that Betway Cup final, yeah. um, Bournemouth got through to the final this year. So fair play to them. You know, obviously, yeah. I mean, obviously, Eddie Howe was obviously a cup manager, if not a league manager, for that season. So yeah, you've got to give him his. You know, I mean, Martinez relegated Wigan, so and he's still got a big job with Everton. So. And he won a well, cup, so there right, we are. Exactly, and 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 Belgium manager, and yeah. he was he was possibly like going to be the Barcelona manager if it weren't for Koeman. He's like, where the fuck did they come? Yeah. You know, and so uh, no, yeah, stranger things have happened at sea, but uh, and obviously, uh, have, you, have you watched any of that Tottenham one yet? The, the All or Nothing, the Tottenham documentary oh, on Amazon Prime. I can't bring myself to, to oh, be honest. I, I, I really quite can't. Funny. Although there's lots of West Ham, you know, West Ham goals in there. Um, yeah. The Marine, but I find it quite funny. I, you know, I, I quite enjoyed the Man City one. I love the, I love many. I think they're really good. Like the American football yeah. ones are fantastic. And uh, the Man City one was quite good because, you know, but obviously the Tottenham one, you watch it and you still watch it through gritted teeth because every time like, you know, Delhi, yeah. you know, Delhi, Ali, I, watched, I watched it today and... Uh, and also, what has annoyed me, they've only put the first three episodes and they're going weekly. And, you know, we're, we're not in this age now where we have to no. wait each week now. We want, want it binge. to binge. Exactly. We want it to binge. And, um, and yeah, they were having a really exciting conversation about toothbrushes and um, <laughs> whether you wet the toothbrush before putting the toothpaste on. Um, uh. and, and, and Debbie wets it before and after he's put the toothpaste on. There we go. So we've all learned something today. Yeah. Um, about Deli Ali's dental hygiene, <laughs> but uh, I was just watching it going, seriously, there must be so much better content than putting a conversation yeah. about Deli Ali drink, you know, how he brushes his teeth. But yeah, no, it's quite funny and it's quite good. And also, I learned that Eric Dyer speaks perfect Portuguese. I really, I, is he, he, was he born there? Is uh, he, his parents they're, English they're, or something? Yeah, but he he played in, he play, I don't understand, I mean, I don't, obviously we don't, don't follow Tottenham, so I don't know his yeah. life story, but he was, like Jose uh, Mourinho saw him in Sporting Lisbon, playing for Sporting Lisbon, so my assumption was he might have, I thought he was German, I thought he had a German ancestry, um, but maybe I'm getting mixed up with own Harveys, but yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, he talks like when the manager's office, he talks perfect Portuguese with, with Mourinho. And basically, Mourinho says, You know, I liked you as a player, you just got to do it. You know, it's quite, it's quite good, it's quite yeah. good, but it is Tottenham. Yeah, so, you just kind of have to put that aside and then yeah. take it as any other club, like the Sunderland one or something like that. Oh, you know? Sunderland was brilliant, Sunderland was fantastic, you know, just because. Yeah. There was a lot of parallels with a previous regime, not the current regime, the previous regime. And well, obviously working in the club, and you saw a lot of parallels with some of their players, and it's like you know, some of their staff, and you're thinking, yeah, that's this person, that's this person, that's this yeah. person, that's really good. But uh, no, yeah, so anyway, at least that keeps it. And also there's, there's a new on Apple Plus, Ted Lassie, is it Ted Lassie, Ted Lasso, Lasso, something like that. It's a, tea, it's a comedy show about a guy, American footballer, manager and he comes very good Premier League so mm. there we go there's our recommendations for the week um, brilliant yeah <laughs> there we that's go. what very I'm good. <laughs> yeah and again that's fucking like it's like it got to like five episodes and then it's like every week so oh, it winds me up we've had enough of that we used to do it all the time we have to wait for the next week for line of duty or whatever no we just want to binge it all now so uh, yeah but yeah it's what it is anyway back to West Ham um, <laughs> <laughs> so Addy um, th- th- why is West Ham your club What's your what's your origin story to be a West Ham fan? Well, mine's really weird. My story is 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 kind of very strange because you get a lot of people sort of saying, you know, um, you know, my father was a West Ham yep. fan or born and bred, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And from Hornchurch, I'm kind of should be no different. But the thing about it is, 
is my family are all mental about football, but we all support different clubs. And my father is from Rotherhithe and he's a Millwall supporter. Oh, my dear. So, yeah, but and my brother's a Wolf supporter. Don't ask. I don't know. No idea. Um, although he's enjoying it right now. But the thing was, I remember my dad. This is how I remember it. I was about four. So this could be completely wrong. But he kind of got out a newspaper and there were all the teams. And I think he was going to have a bet because he said to us, so who's going to win the Premier League then? And being about four and probably struggling to read, to be honest, I looked at all the colours and went, well, I like these two. And it was Villa and us. And I was like, well, I like those colours. And I think my dad, you know, being, you know, apart from a Millwall fan, you know, a a diehard football fan who knows his stuff, went, well, how about West Ham at the bottom? Because they're your local team. They're the team around here. So you should be supporting your local team. So, you know, I have a Millwall supporter to thank for that. Yeah, that's fair play though, isn't it? But I can see what you mean. It's like because he came from Rotherhithe, so Mill was his local team, and may, and yeah, I think that's nice though. That's good. It's like it's it makes sense, doesn't it? it? It's a it's a strange recommendation coming from a person south of the water, but yeah. you get I, I I respect I respect your dad's uh, suggestion because because a lot I mean yeah basically my daughter ain't got a bloody chance. You know what I mean? Literally. <laughs> Three days, three days old. She was in. She was at uh, the West Ham shopping, the one at Lib- uh, one in the old Liberty Two building, you know, wherever he's at, at Romford, in the playoff trophy, you know, and so she didn't have a chance, bless her. Um, and a lot of West Ham fans, their kids don't have a chance, you know. That's it. But yeah. fair play to your dad. I mean, I think that's that's a, that's a maybe because he knew how he was gonna, you know, he, you know, growing up in Ormchurch. You're going to go to all the schools. Yeah. They're all West Ham fans. So it's probably sort of helping you for later life around the... I think, uh, yeah. And I think he just sort of... That's what I mean. He was a football... Oh, he is. He's still alive. But yeah, he's a football yeah. man, you know. And he... You know, we would always be going to games of a weekend, you know, when when the season kicked off, whether it was Millwall, been to Millwall loads of times. And so when everyone's always like, oh, Millwall, isn't that a bit scary? You just feel like saying... Nah. Yeah. yeah. Not not but um but you know we'd be going to welling or something like that we'd be seeing non-league we'd be going to Leighton orient we'd be going to you know barnet we'd be going to all these different grounds purely because we love as a family we loved football yeah so the fact was when it came to me you know being old enough to say you know like oh can we go and see a west ham game he was more than happy to take us you know it was a family day out and he said you know west ham's a family club yeah so let's go and yeah, so he loved it as much as like I do, you know, and we still go to football. Yeah, do you remember your first West Ham game at all? I do, I do. It's a bit, I liken it to like a drug dealer. You get your first few free, do you know what I mean? And then they hook you in. My first one was in 97 and it was uh, Sheffield Wednesday at home when we beat him 5-1. Oh. That doesn't happen often, does it? And no. the second one was Barnsley 6-0 and then I think it was Leicester in the, up or something we beat them four three do you know what i mean so yeah. they were all pretty good games so they really hooked you in didn't they, they really oh got, yeah they really got you in that's 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 funny especially actually... especially since my first few games of football it was something like i was late in orient darlington it was millwall huddersfield or something like that but the first five were all nil nil so being like near high to a grasshopper i thought why are they going on about this yeah you know but then west Ham came along and yeah, grab me. Thinking these are the entertainers. Actually, I used to go to Millwall quite a lot. We used to do um, I used to do a, a thing. It was un, uh, under sixteens season ticket, and it was like a tenner. And it was like, but they obviously Orient and West Ham alternated home and away. So West Ham away or home and stuff. So you just go West Ham one week and then Orient. And I remember, I think it might have been Darlington. It might have been Doncaster Rovers. You know, one of those games you turn up to, and you're thinking. Oh, this is gonna. This has got nil nil written all over it. It's like the Bradford City, you know, when we played yeah. Bradford. Oh, it's scary. And you, you got a game there. You still talk about, you know, twenty years later or something. Um, it was. I remember that specifically because it was like Orient. Like it must have been Doncaster or someone would come on here and tell me what it was. And it was. I thought, oh, this is gonna be nil. I didn't fancy it. And the last minute, I thought I'd go. And it was eight nil to Leighton Orient. And I was yeah. thinking, oh, well, it's just football. He just, but he just loved it. And even, yeah. like, even at four nil half time, I thought, ah, that's your lot. That's yeah. your lot. And they scored another four. Like, fair play to them. But uh, I mean, especially back then, because I think in that game, I think 
Alvin Martin played. Mm. I think Alvin Martin was there. I think he went to he was at Orient at that time, and I think Seeley was in goal. Yeah. So you know, it's those sort of things you remember as well, you know, and you just think, yeah, that's great, you know. And obviously, AFC Hornchurch was a bit of a uh, a uh, you know, obviously old Stevie Stevie Potts used to play for him, and yeah, Rob Lee, Ro- yeah, Rob Lee. I think Keith Rowland played for him one couple of times. You know, it was like yeah. it was like the new Leighton Orient. They'd all go to AFC Hornchurch, and you know, they all lived around the area as well. Yeah, Steve yeah. Jones, I think, played for them for a bit as well. Oh, you know. Oh, Friend of the yeah. channel, love, love, ah. love Jonah. Jonah's a good man, lovely guy. Um, it's got a lovely, um, a lovely uh, sort of. I don't call it brick and brack. That's the wrong type of name, but it's like loads of retro pieces. That's what he he collects, and you can he has this this shop with all these cool retro, you know, Tasmanian oh, nice. and, and uh, Star Wars stuff. He's a very very cool shop, um, and yeah. Crazy, crazy sort of music music fan as well, like all that rock music and Oasis and stuff as well. But yeah, nice buy. Um, but no, yeah, it was just, and also I love the way sort of AFC Hornchurch is just like, just a sign, you know, you sort of like, you know, you're driving up that road up the hill to the yeah. windmill and you just get AFC, oh, okay, I'll go, I'll go and watch AFC Hornchurch now, it's good fun. And sometimes obviously we still do home, you know, friendlies with them as well, West Ham do, so, yeah. um, which is quite fun as well because it's, you're, just, you're in the away end and it's like, yeah. it's a bit juicy, it's a bit shady. I know, yeah, it's, you feel really almost bad, don't you? It's like, I don't really care what the result is, maybe I should be standing with the, you know, it's the one time when actually you're not supporting your local team yeah so it's, uh, yeah. it's <laughs> yeah, yeah i know yeah, what you exactly. mean uh, but during sort of during during lockdown andy during the restart and obviously when west ham being like playing away at you know, man united or, or tottenham or whatever, and you're watching on the telly do you have the noise on or the crowd noise off um generally when i've had it on the telly i've i've had it on yeah i've, I've watched it off and I don't know what it is, but you know, but I've, I've preferred it on. What, what's your take on that? No, I'm the same. I, I, yeah. it, it's 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 deathly silent at London Stadium, and yeah. even more so in my box. It's a soundproof box, so the the few cheer, the few shouts of Moisey and and Nolan and and Mark and stuff like that are, are muffled. You don't hear them, and uh, I mean to be honest, even when it's sixty thousand, you don't. You can hear the crowd, but you don't actually hear them. Um, you know, I, I feel the vibrations on the floor because it's like a steel floor. So that's mm. what I know when it's when it's noisy. Um, so much so that sometimes I actually put on like the crowd not like, on my iPad just so I've got something because it's really and also I mean the Brentford game. I yeah. was watching you know chat going on to Amherst chat or Irons United and watching the watch alongs and yeah they're good aren't they? I love them because it's, it's like it's a bit. I, <laughs> oh, I ended up going on the Irons United one last week, the Brentford game, you know, half the time. I was like, hello. Hi, Russell. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Roving reporter. is like, yeah. you know, because I'm like two minutes in front of everyone else. So it's yeah. like, oh, you know, I like to sort of, Yarmolenko's coming on, on the comments. I go, oh, Russ is there. Yarmolenko's yeah. coming on. Who's it for, Russ? Anderson. Okay, there we go. Thanks, Russ. <laughs> And they can see my expression, whether it was a goal or you know, whether West Ham had scored, and they get in preparation for it. Now a goal was happening in a minute. Or <laughs> no, it's good fun. It's good. You fun. must feel but, like you wanted to almost like trick a few people to suddenly go. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I do. There's certain people I like to trick it. Yeah, it's a uh, you know Nigel Card and stuff like that. We have a bit of bants about it, but it's, oh, all, yeah. it's all good fun. Uh, and that's what I love about West Ham. Like all that. Like, I mean, you mentioned Hammers chat and you know Gons and Gio and and Charlie yeah. and. Every, I mean, everyone. I mean, obviously, I'm relatively. I've only been doing this for like you know five months or whatever, and you know they're all just lovely people and like yeah. you know, really and 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 like you know they all sort of. I don't know. It's just that that West. As you said, West. That you said your dad said they're a family club, and you just get that sense of of family togetherness and stuff, and it's lovely because I don't think you get that in most other clubs. You know, um, no, that sense no, because of community. We've said this like before, and I'm sure mil- you know, millions of people have said it, yeah. but you don't support West Ham unless you want to, <laughs> because why else would you? You know, because we don't win cups or haven't done for the last God knows how many years. You know, so the memories of, do you remember that player? Do you remember this player? Do you remember when that happened? Mm. They're the strongest things for us, because otherwise, you know, and, and having a chat with somebody and sort of reliving those kind of that, you know, we're a very nostalgic club. Yeah, Sometimes yeah. I think almost to our detriment at times. We really are, but you know, but also we love it too. So it is, and you're right. It's it's it's. Um, I think I think because of 
the way West Ham has always been, you know, and, that, and that, that's that's the point I always try to make because obviously, you know, hiding the fact there's there's a lot of animosity amongst people at the moment. There, there has been since, well, since the bond scheme, you know, it doesn't matter who's in charge. Um, and actually, even more so, you know, in the sick, I mean, we had some guys on here who've been supporting the Hammers since, you know, the mid-60s, obviously, during the heyday of, you know, more Hurst and Peters. And they only finished sixth most in the league. That's their best ever, you know, it's mm. like these these three won the fucking World Cup. And, you know, yeah. that's the best three players that England had. And, and they still didn't end up winning fuck all, you know, well, obviously yeah. won cups and stuff, but didn't win the league and they struggled and, you know, they had, you know, they teams got relegated and, you know, obviously Brooklyn and, you know, that famous 1980s squad were in the championship at the time, you know, and it, yeah. and, and it's, and I think, I think nostalgia, it, I think people still have this rose tinted perception that everything was better in the sixties and seventies mm. and eighties. And yeah, but our best ever position has been third and we yeah. still, and we still revel in the fact that we finished third, you know, and it's like, yeah. Which Boys of eighty six and all that. Yeah, yeah. but it's indicative. But that's that's no disrespect to them. But it's it's indicative no. of West Ham that we, you know, that we're really proud of those guys. But they finished. They didn't win the league. Um, no. They finished third, and you know, it's like you wouldn't get. Obviously, you know, because other other clubs have got that success, but maybe you know, Chelsea wouldn't if they finished third last season. Wouldn't be still talking about that same squad in thirty five years time, forty years time. No, um, and, I, and I say I say this kind of almost tongue in cheek, but when I meet people who aren't football supporters, or you know, if I'm going on a date with a girl or something like that, who's no interest in football whatsoever, you know, I'll say uh, West Ham are a big club. We're almost like the biggest club not to have won very much, though. Yeah, it's true. you know, you've got you, you you filter it down, and then you know we're always sort of that seventh, you know, there, but but still haven't sort of you know, and hopefully the best times are ahead, you know. So let's. We always, that. yeah, that's what we've always said that. Is that every year, so every year is our year. I mean, I'm. I'm full of confidence that next season's our. I don't know why we haven't signed anyone. You know, we, we've, we've sold players, but I'm still confident we'll have a good season. I don't know what it is. It's just West Ham and blind optimism. But you know, it is what it is, and uh, we love them for it. And, uh, and as you said, things like this, things like this channel, it's like it's all about looking back and being nostalgic, and it is. And that's what's nice, you know. And, it, and even when we did game shows and things like that, it's all fun and games. It's all a bit tongue in cheek, yeah. you know. But it's nice to give people a shout out, you know. We all know, you know, the legends of the club, the Phil Parkses, the Bonzo, Bonzos, Moros. There's no denying those. But it's nice to give a moment to shine for John Pansil or yeah. Shamak or, you know, they, I mean, these guys have lived our dreams. You know, they even if they played 10 games or one, Neil Finn, you know, he played like one game for us as the first team in goal. But he yeah. lived every every of our fantasies and that's to put on a West Ham shirt so it doesn't matter if they were good or bad they still played for West Ham and so it's nice to give them a, a moment to shine and totally. uh, many have been given a moment to shine so as a nice segue let's talk about your <sighs> Hammers 11 um, so obviously we, we interview people um, now the whole idea is obviously uh, it's 11 people the only rule is you have to be alive to have seen them play that's the only rule really Everything else is out the window, so you can do what you want, talk about who you want, whether they're good, whether they're bad, whether you're favourite, whether they're are they your French-based Hammers Eleven. It doesn't really matter. Um, only three people we've interviewed have not done a Hammers Eleven, um, and so yeah, so that was Mr. Harry Redknapp, uh, Mr. Ian Bishop, and soon to, and it'll be released by the time your video comes up nigel Riacoca, who i interviewed yesterday nice. um, he didn't pick his 11 because he waited the fans to decide <sighs> so yeah <laughs> sitting on the fence well and truly there nigel weren't he yes he at was. least he's not upsetting anyone put it that way <laughs> exactly and that, yeah, yeah. Fair, i think that's yeah that, that was that was why bish didn't want to do them for the exact same reason do not upset anyone and harry just because harry was just talking about the good old days and didn't have time, ran out of time to talk about his 11. You'd take anyway. that from someone like Harry, wouldn't you? Honestly, every day. It's just like you talk, well, listen, go for yeah. it, mate. And you could just listen to him all day. That's the great thing about him. And he would have if he hadn't, you know, unfortunately. Be... Anyway, your 11, Andy. So I'm looking forward to this because it's sort of like, you know, mid 90s onwards, I'd say, yeah. probably. And that's sort of a, a good era, I think. There's a, there's a, there's a lot, of, lot of good players in there. Um, or a lot of players, are they good or not? It's up to you. You have to use it. A mix bag. A mix, that's what I like. So we'll start off in goal. So who's in goal for the Andy 11? That's the question. I've put Shaka Hislop in goal. Oh. I've put Shaka in. 
yeah. Big fan. The, the thing is, is that I grew up, I've seen Ludo play. Ludo was in goal for my first game. And there's always this thing between fans, you know, I've never seen Phil Parks play. I'm not, not old no, enough. So it's quite, it, there's always that balance. It's like, who is better? Who is better? But in terms of like my Andy 11, the thing about Shaka was, is he left. This is, this is the weird thing. He left just at the point where I started to be able to kind of understand and really engage with football, you know, as about a 12 year old. Do you know what I mean? It was when Rhoda came in, Harry had, had gone and David James was brought in by Rhoda. And then, I just remember thinking, you know, even in my young 12-year-old mind, just thinking like, but but hang on, Shaka's the number one. What's going on? Yeah. And when he left for Portsmouth, I just remember the feeling. I just remember being gutted, really, really gutted. And I was chatting to my mate about this 11 and everything that I've picked. And I said to him about Shaka, and he said, yeah, I remember when he, because my mate started supporting about 2004, and he said, I remember when Shaka came back, how excited you were, you know, about we were 15 or something going, yeah, great. Yeah, no, Shaka's back. This is amazing. You know, yeah, you're a great yeah. figure, lovely bloke. And yeah, like, so I'm, he, he gets in and I'm not sorry about that. There could have been no, five no. different people I could have picked, honestly. Yeah, but Shaka's yeah, going yeah. in. No, he's Yeah, no, love, 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 love the man. He is um, a gentleman. When we interviewed him, he was lovely. He was friendly. He just because I, you know, I sort of like bypassed that whole sort of David James bit because he sort of got ousted a bit. I didn't talk about that. So obviously, then you left, and you know, he's no, I'll talk about that. And he went, went into great detail about how basically Glenn Roder pulled him aside basically when David James said, "Right, David James is going to be number one. You're not going to get a look in, to be honest. So if you want to go, you can go." It's basically mm. said to him. And then David James got injured, and he went, "Look, I need you now." And he said, well, to be honest, I checked out already because when the manager doesn't want you, he doesn't want you. And yeah. so, and I apologise if I, my performances were subpar then, but my, my my heart wasn't in it. And I said, you know what? I think everyone respects you for saying that because actually, yeah, uh, but everyone would be the same. You know, yeah, we get it. If you're leaving a job and you put your notice in that month, yeah, you're working, but you're not really working. You're sort of like going no. through emotions, really. And that's the same thing. Um, and then he came back and obviously, you know, was part of the FA Cup final and you know just a great great man and you know and lived in Loughton I served him at Safeways occasionally <laughs> that's when that's that's when players were players when they did their own shopping yeah, yeah. I mean? he weren't... didn't drop his shopping then when you when he handed the bag over he was quite yeah. safe with it yeah <laughs> yeah you those oranges those oranges <laughs> bless him um but yeah that was, that was a time when you know you footballers you'd you know, around, you know, living around all church, or when you know you, you bump into football players, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, and it'd be the most exciting thing you've done all week. And yeah. um, nowadays it's all delivery and a cardo and stuff yeah. like that. You don't get that anymore now, which is a real shame because it's just such a as a young kid seeing like out not in not on the football pitch, you know, it's like when you used to, used to see your teachers during summer holidays, yeah, or something like that. It's the same thing, it's like, you know, no, it's. They it's exist the rainer, in the same it's world. It's the yeah, yeah, exactly. your two worlds collide, and it's like it's really bizarre. But Shaka, yeah, great man, great man, totally agree. Right, you go for the team as you want, Andy. You just yeah. go for it in your order, man. Sweet. Um, I'm gonna uh, left back. I picked yeah. George McCartney. Oh, nice. I, I've bemoaned about our nostalgia, and then I've picked two players straight off the bat who have gone and come back, but um. There was just something really dependable about him, wasn't there? And mm. the, the fact that I, I don't know like loads about the guy, but he seemed to do really well at Sunderland. I've read about on Wikipedia, he had like a loan spell at Leeds, didn't quite go to plan or something like that. You know, he didn't, you know, sometimes your face doesn't fit or whatever. Yeah, and then yeah. even after West Ham, he's, he's left. And, and then yeah, age of 33, very capable, didn't really have a bad injury record. And then uh, sort of, sort of disappeared mm -hmm. but he was so just reliable and solid and I think you know there's we have that thing with Koncheski and everything like that you know bombing down the wing the way you know he linked up with Matty Etherington and you know I could say that I've seen Julian Dix but I'd be a liar if I said I, I remember how he played you know because yeah. I was just too young so when it came to George McCartney he was one of those you popped in the team 
and you knew he was going to have a good game. He might not set the world alight, but you know no one was really getting past him. Yeah, so. yeah that's good. That's a, that's an eleven. That's eleven to do. People who have left and come back. Yeah, because you've already done two. You could have put Probably Julian in. You could put Julian in. You could. I reckon that'd be good. I'm going to get someone to see if they can do that. That'd be good. Yeah. Uh, right. George is in. Who's next, man? Uh, this is a bit. This is one of my sort of wild cards. But Abdullah Fai. Yep. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to explain. I'm going to explain. Um, I've got to type him in. Yeah, <laughs> A B D. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah, um, yeah. He's. I remember when he, he came and just watching him play in the championship, and he was just very assured. He's just again like George, a very assured player, very yeah. strong. Probably age thirty three, picking up a few injuries, not very quick, but I just loved his reading of the game. And yeah, no, when I was. I when I was young, you know, as the fat kid in the school playground, you know, I wasn't going up front, but, you know, I could play a bit. So I was sort of shoved in defence. So when it came to kind of the art of defending, I could have a little bit of appreciation. So when yeah. Abdullah Fire came and I saw a couple of games, you know, the games that he sort of covered or in a cup, I just thought, you know, he can read a game. He's not just fast and quick. He can read a game. And I put on Twitter once, I was like, this, this, this guy's a bit of a right. And... <laughs> Then I had about three or four Sun, uh, sorry, Stoke fans coming along and going, yeah, yeah, he's bloody brilliant for us. We loved him. It's just the fact he was 33, he's getting on a bit. And so you just think, if 10 years younger, you know, he would have been a, a, an even better player for us. 10 years younger, he'd probably been about 43 by the base, base of most of <laughs> those players, wasn't it? They always said they were one. Harita Alunga was about 20 years older. Yeah. But, but he was part of that sort of, that, I mean, Sam bought, when Big Sam came in, he bought like loads of really athletic, you know, tough African-based players. Diop, had, yeah. Yeah, Diop, you had... Um, I mean, what was he? The, the the refrigerator was it? The refrigerator? No, was it the the, the wardrobe, wardrobe? Was it the wardrobe? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and of Delefay, Modi Army, and uh, yeah, I mean, he was. I mean, needs must, wasn't it? And he just came, as you said, solid, um, and just. I don't remember him making a bit like McCartney. He just seemed to be a steady Eddie. Do you know what I mean? And I just think you yeah. need you need a balance. You can't. They can't all be. Yeah, ten out of ten every week. You know, you've got to be ten out of tens, and then that ten out of ten person will be a five next week. Yeah, because but you have those I, seven, eight out of tens, and that'll do your job. As an aside, I find this sort of really interesting when people are talking about kind of guys like Cullen. You know, you get people saying, "Oh, you know, Cullen's not going to be quite good enough. He's not really going to make the grade. He's not this. He's not that." And I just think, whoa, whoa, whoa! Last couple of seasons, we've had Sanchez. Yeah. On say on the bench on the pitch you know and you just think are you seriously telling me that you don't want someone who's maybe not going to set the world alight can probably stick him in a position make a few tackles lay the ball off job done as opposed to someone like him are you really telling me that because if we're not going to spend the money which looks like we're not someone like cullen who has expressed many many times that he's happy and he wants to fight at west ham you know he could say like i'm out guys thank you very much but Mm. I need to progress in my career. I need some, some, you know, solidarity. I need, what's the word? You know, I need a bit of consistency and to be yeah, someone who's yeah, on contract. So, yeah, I think th- these guys are worth their salt. They really are. You know, or even someone like Gary O'Neill, you know, people used to say, oh, he's not very good. But you could slot him in anywhere pretty much. And because he was a hard worker, he was, you know what I mean? He was average but he wasn't bad it's interesting when you talk when you talk to players and you ask players to pick their 11s there's players that always turn up in their 11s which don't turn up in a fan's 11 you know i mean not gary o'neill but that type of Mm. hard working you know he's integral to the team but you don't know he's integral to the team so you know in in the in the sort of the older era for example um not older era but sort of the mid 90s like all i mean steve jones and martin allen they all put pete butler in their team and he Mm. was like heart you know sort of defensive midfielder seven out of ten each game you know but he's integral 
sort of the more modern, not modern, but maybe you're more slightly towards your sort of teenage era. Um, Hayden Mullins, for example, always picked, always picked. Yeah. Like, even like Luke Chadwick, I remember. Luke put him at right back just to get him in the squad, you know, because he was so integral. And it's really interesting. It's like when you watch football with a professional player or with a coach, they do look at the game totally different than we do. You know, we're looking at the at the, the flashy player, looking at the goals where they're looking at the, the team, the actual team dynamics itself. And it's very, very interesting. But uh, and that's someone like Abdul Fay. I mean, I'm sure he spoke to people who were around during the time he spoke to them about, them, about him. They would talk about him in a different context. Yeah. Funny enough, he was a pointless answer on a, or he did pointless on Thursday. Um, oh. And some of Irons United picked Abdul Fay. But he wouldn't, obviously, if we did this, he'd have only got a point. Um, yeah. He'd have got a point rather than pointless. But, uh, so that's the first time he's come up in, in the fans and which is great. Um, right, okay, fight phasing. Who's next, man? Uh, I could have picked Slav, but again, like I said, I don't particularly remember him playing. So I went for Danny Gabadon because he kind of had a bit of everything. We got a good deal for him. It was, what, three million, including Collins. He was fast. He was quick. He was skillful. I mean, it was one of those where it was like the question of, was he going to make that step up? Because he'd been at Cardiff, no one had picked him up yet, and he came and he set the world alight, didn't he? One hammer of the year, he was great. And if I'm listening to your um, your stream with Matty Etherington and everything, mm. and he said, you know, if it wasn't for it wasn't that he didn't have a good career, he did. But if it wasn't for his injuries, he probably would have gone on for a few more seasons because he just had the brain as well. Mm, definitely, and, and unfortunately, that's far that's too far too often the case of West Ham players it seems I'm sure other clubs that happens over other clubs as well but <laughs> it seems like we go yeah see oh like the like Gabadon and and, and Cresswell keeps getting you know injuries and Antonio you know I mean I think today was his five years since he signed for us or something like that and you know but he's been injured for probably about a third of that time I reckon at least and uh, it's a shame because you look at these players I mean that you know, Antonio now is like, you know, God, it's like, you know, five years ago, we wouldn't think, you know, this player we, we've depended on for 10 goals, you know, because yeah. he was part of the whole Piet and, and that era. And you're thinking, God, you know, he was just like some random bloke from Nottingham Forest. But, you know, now he's like integral to our plans. It's like five years on and he still doesn't know what he's doing with the ball. But um, <sighs> no, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's funny how players, some players just change us, Gabadon, you know, and, to be fair, after you know, he sort of then retired, really, and then he sort of now he does a bit of you know punditry and stuff. He's on he's on Instagram doing his DJ sets from his route from his life, oh, yeah. which is quite funny. Um, but yeah, it's it's a shame because I think he'd be a really good defensive coach because, as you said, he had the brain, mm. and may, maybe he's doing. That, I don't know, but you'd, you'd think natural progression would be to impart that sort of defensive wisdom onto onto people. But who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Gabs. Right, okay, Gabs is in. Who's next, man? Uh, at right back, I've got Sebastian Schemmel. Yeah, good shot. Again, maybe a player that I didn't, I don't remember so much, but it, it's it's sort of more the, the the funny sort of story attached to it. Because I remember when I was younger, you know, going up to the railings, getting autographs and everything like yeah. that, and yeah. talking to players. And being a kid as you do, I thought, oh, this is a good idea to practice my GCSE French. So I'm speaking to him, you know, doing all that. The, where is the post office and all yes. that business? And saying, you know, how are you and everything. And he's going, oh, yeah, in French, how are you and everything. And I remember in my textbook at school, there was this word. And I thought it meant like, judging by the translation, it was like, oh, yeah, I'm all right. And it was bov, mm -hmm. which means I've, I've discovered since just means, yeah. Yeah. Like that. So uh, twice I've spoken to this geezer who, you know, thinks, oh, as a young fan, oh, he's speaking to me in French. This is really sweet. Oh, I'm good. Yeah, mate. How are you? And I've just gone. Oh. <laughs> so, so that's my Sebastian Schemmel story for no other reason but for that. Oh, bless him. Yeah, oh, I know. Bless him. But he's, isn't he, uh, I, I, I'm trying to track him down. He's in, um, he's in Luxembourg. He owns a bar in Luxembourg called Upton Park. Oh, yeah. I heard about that recently. It's all like decked out and. Yeah, it's funny. Got to go there one day. I would never, yeah. I'd love to go for a little pilgrimage there. But, Bless uh, him. Oh, yeah. He did. He was on the last game of the season, wasn't he? Like at, the, um, at Upton Park, and he got in the, the the cab. He was one of those guys, and you just think, yeah, fair play to you, mate. Yeah, so many people wouldn't bother, but you came along, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, of course, yeah. The, the famous cabs, wasn't it? God, yeah. Yeah. That was a fun day. Uh, right, midfield, midfield. Let's go to midfield. 
Easy midfielder. Let's you go. Which position first, man? Cool. I'm. I mean, judging by a few of the videos, it, it sounds a bit like a stuck record. But I'm going to throw in Matty Etherington on the left. No, yeah, I think I think there's there's there's, there's definitely a, a school of thought. There's a, there's a group where it's very much Matty Effington. There's a group which is very much Dev. There's a group which is Payet. Yeah. And so no, but I think yeah, your your sort of your sort of time frame. I think Effington would be your your left wing of choice. Yeah, yeah it's it, the, the thing about him is just the fact that we yeah we said before he's an out and out winger. Mm-hmm. He would bomb down the wing. And considering he wasn't a particularly big bloke, he put himself about and he put himself in the firing line. He relied on his pace to beat the man who would inevitably try and tackle him. But actually, you know, if he got chopped down, he got up and he did it again. Yeah. And, you know, I don't, it's not, not, it's not a criticism, but when you think of someone like Matt Jarvis, who was there, you know, both footed, very good, England cap, et cetera, et cetera, mm-hmm. bought him record signing and everything. And I know he had his injury and he seemed like a really lovely bloke. And you just thought, if you could if you could have that bit of self-belief just to keep going, you're going to beat that man more often than not. Or even if it's three yeah. times out of ten, you've put yourself in a position to get a good crossover. And it didn't quite work out like that. And when there was that period when Etherington came and trained with Allardyce, um, with Allardyce's team and we thought oh is he going to re-sign because that would be you know again players that come back I was like going for that I thought if he can be training with Jarvis and impart some wisdom this could be a good thing but obviously it never quite happens no never quite happened but I know what you mean about Matty and yeah he's it was funny because he, he he texts me like the day on the day he's like I've just been watching some of my videos that I've appeared in and people have said I could he went been blown over with a strong wind like he was like quoting all the tech <laughs> i was like matty but you are mate went, i say i'm only joking but it's, it's funny isn't it? so they do watch when they appear but yeah i mean matty i've been mean, lovely bloke um fantastic player um i've got friends who are stoke fans who love him you know rate him because obviously he was he did a great job for stoke as well yeah. Um, and Spurs as well. And Peter, you know, I mean, everywhere he went, he was revered. He, yeah, people still would see him in high regard, and that's because he was a good player. And and, and he offered something, and he was exciting to watch. You know, that's what I mean. He wasn't he wasn't a water carrier. You know, he was an exciting player who yeah. would make people you know, get off their seats because he had the ball and would and just it, had a natural pace. And that's so it's nice a sh- to see. It's a shame he never had, he got an England cap. And I, I watched one of your videos, and you said, and then it was after Matty that it all got a little bit complicated. And I kind of agree. I agree with that because he was an out and out winger. He did what he did and he did it well. You know, I was never a massive fan of someone like Stuart Downing. You know, he had his, you know, he certainly had his abilities and the way he did things and all that, but you just think, just pop down that wing, just go for it, mate, yeah. you know. Yeah. And then Sam made it even more complicated by making, making him the point of the diamond. Do you remember when yeah. he came, and he was brilliant? And he's just like, oh my God, where's this boy been? You know, yeah. he's like Renaissance period, you know, of his career. Um but yeah, I just I think yeah. I mean, after him, I don't, after Downing, after um, Effington, there wasn't. I mean, Bowen, but he's on the right. Um, and again, he's but I think he's actually left footed, and they put yeah. him on the right. And so you know, even that, you know, it seems that he should be on the. You know, I just I find it really yeah. off putting that. And, and actually, Matty agreed, didn't he? And I say, you know, I said to him, you know, why do people go on the wrong wings with their wrong feet? And he goes, oh. <laughs> I, agree. I was like, well, of course you do, because that was your fucking job. You know, that's what yeah. you did. But, uh, yeah, I know what you mean. But uh, it's what it is. But yeah, Matty was a great guy and, and a fantastic servant for West Ham. And uh, yeah, in, in in that sort of modern era, was, you know, still highly. And he loves the club, and that's came through. Yeah. They all do. I mean, everyone I interview, all the ex players, whether they've been here for, I don't know, Tony Cotty or Macca or. John Pantsuit or even Luke Chadwick, they all love their time at West Ham. Even Nigel Rio Coker loved yeah. his time at West Ham. Although he said, you know, he said, you know, I had some troubles with the play fans and stuff. But, you know, West Ham was a proper club and I loved it. And it's true. It is, and that's what you get when these players leave. Very few people leave and get and slag off the club. And if they do, they're just booed every time they come back and manage Chelsea. That's what, that's what yeah. <laughs> Right, okay, Matty's in. Who's next? Then Andy. Uh- I've got in central midfield in a kind of a defensive role. I've got Cheku Kuyate. When he joined, I remember this is when like X WH2 employee X he was sort yeah. of starting tweeting. It was around I think it was like one of the first summers 
that he started sort of revealing stuff. And he said about Kuyate was going to sign. And I remember reading things about him. And there was this fan in Belgium who said, basically, he does everything apart from the ability to deliver a long pass. And it was true. (laughs) When he was in the mood, especially in the early days, that first season and everything, he was a marauder. He could tackle. He could head. He was tall, but he was also more fat on the chip. You know what I mean? He's such a slim guy. And I just remember this clearly when we signed him because I'd taken myself off on this day off and gone around the British Museum. And I remember in the sunshine sitting on like this marble outside you know mm-hmm. waiting in the sunshine just refreshing this the twitter page you know and just thinking when's he gonna sign when's he gonna sign because you know we never had anything like that before in terms of in the nose or insiders yeah, and we yeah, got yeah. him and I, I i thought he was good i mean it was i understood why he went in the end because sometimes you just need a change of scenery but you know mm-hmm. i really liked him when he came there yeah and he and because obviously, when he was at Anderlecht, he was a centre back primarily, wasn't he? If I, and obviously, then he became a defensive midfielder. And, and you know, to be honest, I think well, he might have been, I might be mistaken, like it might have been Billich or someone towards the end of him before he left for Palace. I think they put him back into centre back, mm. if I remember. And he would look really confident there. You're thinking, well, Again, it's a similar thing when you buy players and play them in the wrong position. You know, it's like if it's a good, just put him centre back. You know, how can yeah. good, you know, and so, um, but he was a lovely bloke, and and you know that that I mean, obviously you had him, you had Sacco, you had lots of these sort of uh, African-based players at the same time. And do you know what they were when we used to the player signings, and when we used to at Upton Park, and or even at the um, London Stadium, um, and they honestly all them Alex Song. Um, all the African-based players were literally there for hours, signing every, literally every kid. You know, they loved, they loved like interacting with the fans. And Kiato, Ke- and I, I always hear that, you know, when he was that sort of singing the Piet song at the yeah. player awards and stuff. He was a lovely bloke, really, really friendly. I had the pleasure of sitting there um, watching uh, the the FC Burke, such a random day, watching the FC Burke Akara game with him and Saka. Oh, yeah. And it was amazing. Just this, they were just, they were funny, but, you know, yeah. obviously wasn't privy to any of their in-jokes, but it was just, yeah. it was amazing. Really, really, really nice bloke. Lots of time, um, which is which is nice, you know, because again, not people see those things and, and even more now yeah. because you, you can't put your hands for the railings anywhere and get people to sign stuff. So, it's yeah. awesome they actually bother and stuff. Anyway, Kiate's in. I'm liking this team. And yeah. Who's next, man? Uh, next is a great player, really good player, Yossi Beniun. Oh, Yossi. Beniun. And I want to put him in the centre because West Ham have a habit, as we all know, of getting really good attacking central players <laughs> and shoving them out on the wing. So I was saying to my mate, look, because he said, oh, you know, there's great central midfielders. You could put Yossi on the right. And I went, no, this is my team. He's staying in the centre. Exactly. Great player. Everyone talked about, you know, Berkovic. Again, I've seen him play. Too young to remember what he was like. I know people compare him to Devonshire, etc. But, you know, just a, a little player. Thread the ball through the eye of a needle. You know, in, yeah, great. Last game uh, against uh, Tottenham. You know, that day when he scored that goal, cut in on his left, bang. Mm. And suddenly, you know, they're not in the Champions League. What a <laughs> shame. It's worth it. And that's worth it's it on its own, it. isn't it? And I, and I remember the remember the, uh, the FA Cup final when he was, he was, um, he was the best player on the pitch. Yeah. He was the best player on the pitch, you know, by far. Um, everyone talks about the, being obviously the Gerrard final, obviously he scored and, and mm. you know, we, we still, still cry about that. But, um, he was he was brilliant and he just I can't remember who it was it might have been Anton I interviewed it could have been Anton actually and he he talked about Matty Effington putting it Yoshi like he, he liked to tackle he liked to put a foot in and yeah. he took in training and he had that sort of nasty streak about him which yeah which is good which is what he needs you know you have to be a bit tough to be to be sort of that position and um, yeah great player. Right, considering right. he was about five foot tall, he could outjump yeah. a lot of people, couldn't he? he mm-hmm. Me and my mate used to say he jumps like a salmon. He'd just suddenly hang in the air and then get the ball and then just float down. And you think, has he done that? He's the smallest bloke on the pitch, you know, but yeah, good for him. Yeah, no, yeah, definitely. Good man. He's a good, good, nice guy. And I used to work with a guy called Yossi. So, yeah. 
So he was. So when I when I when I went to that company and I was sitting next to him and his name was Yoshi, I always used to laugh. And he was like, "Yeah, you only pronounced my name correct. Why is that?" <laughs> Yoshi Benioon. <laughs> it's like, okay, all right, no worries. I knew what I was talking about. Uh, right, okay, Yoshi's in. Uh, who's next? Cool. I'm going to play a player slightly out of position, but it's not like he hasn't played there. I'm going to put Marlon Harewood on the right as an attacking oh, midfielder. Yeah. I think I think that's probably his best position, to be honest. Yeah, he was. I, I was thinking about Marlon. I think underrated is too strong a word, but I think he gets overlooked a lot. I because you, I agree. When you when you have that bubble of strikers that he was in at the time, you had Teddy Sheringham, who was the legend. I mean, do you know what I mean? He he could have kicked the ball and retired, and he still would have been a legend who played for West Ham. He was just yeah. that kind of guy, wasn't he? Yeah. He had you had that. You had Bobby Zamora, who you know popped up with important goals, was a West Ham fan, etc. You had Dean Ashton, who was twenty two years of age, was absolute quality, was even then was incredible. You know, a record signing, etc future England replacement for Alan Shearer. And then you've got Marlon Harewood. And as silly as it sounds, the only thing that he sort of had in his thing was the fact that he consistently scored, apart from the last season, 15 goals a season yeah. in the Championship and the Premier League. And you just think, he scored more goals than any of those. I mean, Sheringham chipped in and stuff like that and did quite a bit. Zamora got the important ones. But he was the breadwinner for our mm -hmm. forward line. And I just think... You know, it's not like he's forgotten, but everyone always talks about Zamora, you know, or everyone talks about how good Ashton could have been. You just think, for me, Marlon is the main man. So I just wanted to get him in the team. That was it. It was the pure reasoning. And, and putting him on the right is, is even better because I remember, um, so where I used to, when I used to do stuff at West, at the, the old ground, I was sort of, it was the scoreboard between, uh, whatever mm. it was, Dr. Martin's Betway, whatever they called that stand that year. And the Bobby Moore, and and that corner I christened Harewood Corner because literally Marlon would always get the ball in, almost like a really, a really bad six aside player or five aside player who gets stuck in the corner and doesn't get out. But he got that. It, then he'd always do a little turn or a little flick round and and get past. It's always Marlon Corner, and you knew he was just going to do something and beat the man and chip it in. I love Marlon. I think he was a great player, yeah. and he put and, and you know and he's one of those, another one of those players who, you know. West Ham fan, you know, God loves a trier. West Ham fans love a trier. And he would always put it in. You know, he would. Maybe, you know, he, he wasn't, he wasn't a, a pirate. You know, he wasn't like technically a phenomenal player. But he was, he was confident. He put a shift in. And as you said, he'd always get double figures pretty much every season. And I just thought he was a nice bloke as well. And he's right. Yeah. He part of that group, which... You know, quite an eventful, you know, I was interviewing Nigel actually, and, and he went, and his four years, <laughs> Nigel's four years at Upton Park at West Ham was quite eventful, obviously. You know, playoff, losing playoff final, winning a playoff final next season, FA Cup final the season after that, and then the great escape after that, then he fucked yeah. up. But, it, you know, and, and that's, that's that was a really exciting time to be a West Ham fan, and, and Marlon was part of that, and... um yeah, I, yeah, he does get overlooked. I think, I think, def, more than definitely, you know, yeah. we revere Colton, and yeah. yeah, that's you should do because he's, you know, he, he put it about again similar. He he tried. He was a good, yeah, he was a good trier. Um, but I think Harewood just had a better goals. He scored more goals, and you know, he's yeah. a striker. So he had ability. Like, he had the ability. I thought he was a great player. Right, I put Marlon on, on the right, and who's yeah. going to go? Who's going to be your first striker? Then Andy. Uh, there's. They wouldn't make a very good, maybe they would. It wouldn't make a very good pairing up front. But the first one I'm going to go for is just TC, Tony Cotty, the yeah. tiny terror, just because he was the number nine when I started supporting West Ham, you know. And that stays with you when you're a kid, doesn't it? Everyone remembers the number nine. And Tony Cotty was that person. And, you know, he, I saw him play a few times. And I remember, <laughs> I remember again being about, 14, 15, it was, you know, so getting all the players through the railings and everything. And suddenly out of, um, you know, uh, Upton Park, suddenly just walking through the normal door comes Tony Cotty. Yeah, yeah, and of yeah, course, yeah. I've bombed over to him even at the age of 15. I'm so much bigger than he is. I'm just like fangirling over him. Like, oh, my God, oh, my God, Tony Cotty, Tony Cotty, you're my, you're my favourite player, you're my favourite player. And he's just like grinning to himself. Like, just yeah. like that's nice. 
<laughs> so, you know, bless him. But it was, yeah, so he's got to be in there. I mean, this is this was the thing. I had a real hard time picking my forward too, but that's why Marlon's on the right. But, yeah, Tony got to go straight in. Yeah, yeah. Again, you know, lovely bloke, you know. Got him on, he's sort of the earth. And, um, you know, again, you know, I think... You know, it doesn't happen very often when a, a West Ham fan plays for the club, but plays for the club and, and become, I mean, I called it, I said, you know, you're, I called him a legend. He said, oh, no, honestly, I'm, just call me T-City. You know, I'm not I'm not a legend. I'm not going to call you legend for the whole interview, Tony. Yeah. But, you know, I'm just TC. I'm just a fan. And it's the same with Noble. It's the same with... Zamora and you know it's a fat Anton, you know West Ham fans playing for their club. You just know they're not gonna give up, give up, and yeah. there's something about that which obviously we will lose when when Mark hangs his boots up, and that's yeah. obviously horrible to think of. But again, it's indicative of modern football now. It doesn't yeah. happen, you know. It's very rare that you have a t- a fan be your captain and play five hundred games. And and you know play for the boy club it just doesn't all fit together. But TC was a yeah a great servant, a great fan of the club, and a real big stats man. Loves his yeah. stats as old TC. So I had to be really. I was. I always get nervous when he plays. So you have to make sure. I made sure I counted not counted them all because he scored a lot of goals, but yeah. made sure like you know a few different websites to verify <laughs> it. And he was. And I did make one mistake. I think I said at the end. Seven England, eight England caps. He had seven, or I said he had nine England caps. He had eight. I was one out. Oh. But, but apparently, one was a, one was an appearance, a sub appearance. So I was technically right. But oh, okay. So he didn't start, but it was still a cap. Yeah, or something like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Right. Okay. TC's in. Who's the final uh, piece in this puzzle? Then Andy? and the final player is Paul Kitson. Oh, Paul Kitson. I believe that may have been the first time he's come up. Again, nice. You've, yeah, you've got a, you've got a double. Yeah, it could be. Put him in. Paul Kitson, go for it. Yeah, um, obviously he came in with John Hartson and he scored those really important goals. And I looked at it back today because for the life of me, I couldn't remember. But he scored those three, three of the goals in that game against Sheffield Wednesday yeah. and the other two were Hartson, I believe. And um, again, this is a total nostalgia thing for me. I don't really, I couldn't describe his game or anything like that. But um when I was about, well, about seven, I guess, when this happened, I uh, about seven years old, I drew a picture of Paul Kitson scoring a goal. And my mum went, you know, why don't we send it into the club? Probably not expecting anything or whatever. And I always assumed that it was down to him that this happened. But it, it could have been anyone at the club. I could be doing like someone at the office a really big disservice. But anyway, I've got it here. Uh, I got this. Um, where is it? There we go. It's a, it's just a greetings card. It says, you know, glorious hammers, whatever. And inside it, I brought props. Inside it is a signed pic, a picture of him stuck in and his autograph. And I mean, if I put that on eBay, that would get you two quid. The posted and packaging would cost you more. Do you know what I mean? But the fact is, that means the world to me. That was That's in the loft with my stuff. And it went upon <clears throat> me to find it. And that that the that this means more than pie, eh? This means more than all of that to me. So that's why Kitson is. Do you know? What I mean, it could no rhyme or reason apart from the fact that this is one of like my prized possessions in life. Yeah. No. I. I. I do you know, Andy? I. T- I totally get it. I mean, I. I. I've been extremely fortunate to have lots of lots of cool guests and lots of players, obviously. And I was starstruck when I interviewed Pete Butler. Honestly, yeah. starstruck and like. Yeah, we said we've had Harry, we've had Matthew, we've had some John Artson, we've had some you know Tony Gale, we've had some you know Cotty and Macca. But Pete Butler, I was starstruck with because he was the first ever player I met, and I always had this sort of affinity for Pete Butler, and it was just you know, and, you know, even when he, he it's you know, it's mental to think of, but he still te- he texts me occasionally, you know, hi, Russ, how's things going? <laughs> and I'm like, oh my god, Pete Butler, and I get so excited. And it's it's the same thing with Paul, you and Paul Kitson. It, it, but that's what it is to be a West Ham fan. That's what to 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 have those moments. And yeah, it's not isn't I don't know Ronaldo. It isn't Messi. It's not Di Canio. But it's someone who's important to you. And um, yeah, Paul Kitson. I once saw Paul Kitson um, in Woolworths in Loughton buying, yeah. no exaggeration, a bin bag full of pick a mix. 
it was it was like a bin bag honestly it was like one of those big like not a bin not like a black bit but you know like sort of a, yeah a, a, the plastic you know, kind a of pedal, a pedal bin you know yeah. that sort of size of of pick and mix and he played a really shit game on that that it was on a sunday on the sat on the saturday uh on the friday and on the saturday he didn't play very well and i was adamant it's because he had too many too much pick and mix that day <laughs> but um yeah honestly i mean he he was he said him and artson together were just you know we we had i mean we haven't unfortunately had a partnership like that obviously no. since obviously yeah Macko and cotty that was before my time hearts then kitsum mm. would have been Ashton and Bellamy um, yeah. would have been Andy Carroll and Chicharito. You know, you, you can see them in, you can mm. see these players. It's like, yeah, it would have been so good. But um, yeah, they were brilliant. And, you know, Hartson obviously got the plaudits, but, you know, Kitson was just as in, obviously Hartson scored a lot more goals, but Kitson was, was integral to keeping us up them two that year. Um, yeah. And, and yeah. And yeah, so that's a couple of newbies in in the in the thing, definitely. A couple of newbies, maybe even Kiate as well. Maybe three three newbies in this one, which is good. I, I, uh, I tell you what, it, it's interesting when you're picking these because you run the risk of you say picking the you know you could put Decanio, Tevez, Parker, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera in there, but you also run the risk of kind of being a bit of a West Ham hipster and just suddenly thinking, oh yeah, that, that Fabio Dupre, those couple of games, yeah, he was really good. Do you know what I mean? And like almost trying to be smart about it. Yeah. But, you know, I think it just comes out, doesn't it, when you just think, you know, they might not have been the best player in that position, but actually that reminded me of a time in my life or that reminded me of this or that, and I just liked them or they'd always have a smile, so therefore why not? And, and, and yeah, and you're right, but it's not, yeah, but like all of this, like, yeah, Kitson and, and, uh, and Shemwell and people like that, there's there's you've got the story associated with them and that's what it's all about it's about stories and that's why people like the channel but um anyway it's been lovely chatting to you it's been absolutely lovely uh an hour and five minutes god it's mental um <laughs> time Hello. flies when you have fun uh i think my wife's uh tv program has just finished uh married, you know, australian married at first sight was your um i can just hear the sky box switching off which is good timing um so thank you andy thank you really appreciate your time and the thought that's gone to it. obviously you had to get you know you've got your, your mates involved as well which is great um it's, that's what it's all about and obviously thanks to everyone else for watching um whether it's on thank YouTube, you so much for having me absolute pleasure andy absolute pleasure um if you've been watching youtube obviously subscribe to the channel spotify apple ipod thingy make sure you subscribe to the the podcast as well um and until next time for me and andy take care everyone stay safe come and you irons and we'll see you again very very soon take care everyone bye-bye sports social podcast network